welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's frontman and main host. Well, between uh, last week being kind of busy and tiring and whatnot, and plus having a stomach bug this past Sunday, uh... We did manage to, me and Sasha, the Princess of Darkness herself, did manage to record something brief for you all. That's why this show is about a little more than an hour long. Uh, What did we get a chance to talk about? Well, we talked about, uh, finally got around to talk about what happened with the Super Bowl. I would say the adverts we saw and uh, discuss a little bit about the trailers that debuted during the Super Bowl and whether or not they were worthy or sold us in regards to wanting to go see them in theater or on streaming when they dropped sometime later this year. Now we also talked about the Borderlands movie trailer that dropped between 24 to 48 hours prior to me and Sasha talking about things and what our thoughts were about the trailer, a little bit of a breakdown, and everything else about this movie. So, um, that being said, there will be a brief little update in regards to some information that did come out about the trailer, or at least some theories that came out about the trailer uh, later in this episode or after you hear me and Sasha talk about things. Uh, not to mention, before I hand things over to George and have him hit the button, uh, let me say this. The link to help John Johnson after surgery care will be the top link in the description down below uh, until everything hits and he's out of surgery and all that. Uh, there was a delay in surgery because he's he and his wife were suffering from the flu. So either way, uh, the link is still there if you want to help out in any way, shape, or form. We're going to keep that up until he does have the surgery. But if uh, this the link is is done, uh, I do apologize. I haven't checked it in a bit. So either way, uh, if you wish to help out. John Johnson, the founder of Darkstone Entertainment. Uh, feel free to do so. See you guys after the main episode. George, time to hit the button. We'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia podcast. Shock and terror with Sasha, the Princess of Darkness, and Chris, the Martinsburg Madman, in Sasha After Dark, the podcast of darkness. Reboot. No, it's just been interesting because, like, initially my plans were on Saturday evening to go out with the girls. Uh, and Al messages me is like, I'm lonely. I'm like, uh, I thought you needed you time. I, I thought I was going out to have girl time. I'm I'm lonely and I'm like okay well here's the deal um I'm in the midst of getting ready for girls' night so if you want to come get me you need to come get me and he starts pitching this plan and I'm like listen motherfucker <laughs> I know what you want I'm not dumb I'm like um get your ass in the shower 
put on some pants and a shirt and come and get me. Because otherwise, if you're not here in like an hour or two, I'm going out. Al <laughs> wanted a booty like, oh. call. Eh, does it count as a booty call when it's your boyfriend? Boyfriend almost kind of sort of, but not exactly fiance. Yes, I'm counting it. Just to annoy Al. It doesn't count. I mean, I don't have a ring. But <laughs> there's supposed to be one in the next year or two. So, and I'm still trying to figure out all of that. I'm like, how is this going to work? Should I just go ahead and get everything finalized with my regular name change update and then deal with that as it occurs? <laughs> uh, but no, he hits me up and I'm like, look, I, I, I'm lonely, upset rage filled i said yes that th th this is the perfect storm please come and get me <laughs> and he came down he had to stop and get stuff at bj's and then we grabbed the lemonade and then we rode back up there and then he's like oh let's go get some food and i'm like all right we're just delaying the inevitable here <laughs> uh, is what it is i guess <laughs> I shan't complain. <laughs> I had fun, and that's the whole purpose, right? <laughs> but no, it has been a week. Yeah, right now I don't know. Oh, if I, I don't know if the headache I have is the fact that I wasn't drinking enough today, or had a little bit too much sugar, or what. I don't know. It's just like, did you partake of the juice of the vine? No, not that type of headache. <laughs> I don't get. I don't. I don't get. If I ever drank that much and had have a hangover, I get nauseous, but I don't get a hangover. I, I don't get headaches. I get uh, stomach issues. Well, I, I thought it was funny because, like, he decides to go, we go eat at G-Man, um, the gingerbread man there in Carlisle. And uh, I get a grilled cheese because I just want something quick, fast, and easy. You know, pretty much like myself, I am what I eat. Um. Uh. So yeah, I get that, and I'm like, well, screw it. I'm at a pub already, so I got us three Jello shots each. Uh, the Michelob Ultra and two Irish trash cans, and yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, by the way, I've got vodka back at the house. <laughs> you want to help me get rid of it for vodka and cranberries of like. Like, Al, you already have me at your place. I don't think you need to get me drunk. <laughs> I think we're past that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Still setting up? Yeah, I'm all set up. I'm just raring to go. Well, whenever. How do you want to start this thing? I'm letting okay. you in charge. Uh, we're going to... All right. Uh, enough of the pre-show. Pre uh, <laughs> catching up. Uh, folks, we're going to kind of do this old school or quick and dirty sort of deal. Um, no, I mean, it's going to be just bare bones, skeleton crew type of uh, ordeal. Uh, because we want to see if we could do this under our 15. We so, can. We can. Instead of our usual three hours. Oh, dear God. Is it really actually an average three hours? <laughs> it seems like two two hours and two and a half, like between 
two hours. I try to aim minutes. for an hour and forty-five minutes, but it, it never happens. But we we always do the pre-show and everything else, and that usually ranks about brings it over an hour, like two hours, two and a half hours. So, and so I know you want to talk Super Bowl. I, I'm going to be blunt because I wasn't with Al that weekend, and the Eagles weren't playing, so I could care less. Like I only casually browse the show just no. to check out um, the the trailer for Wicked, and of course um, yeah. we'll, the trailer we'll, we'll for uh, Deadpool Three. We'll get we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, that's pretty much what I want to cover. Um, so, folks, uh... dramatic pause. Shut up and take my money. Godfather, main host and frontman for Long Coat Mafia podcast, uh, aka the Martinsburg Madman. Person across from me, or depending on how you see this, is Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. Say hello. Howdy. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and I know we're doing a stripped down version. Like I said, it's quick and dirty. And one of the first things, I'm not really going to be talking sports. Yay, sports. But, uh, Ooh. One of the uh I heard main... Taylor Swift's boyfriend won, and that's all that mattered, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kinda sorta. But um besides the conspiracy theories behind it, um uh, a lot of people thought it was rigged and they hashtag they, Taylor oh, Swift right, Yeah. I think that was an actual hashtag. Uh, Swifty psyops. Swifty psyops. But uh, what I was like, Sasha, we I I streamed it. Um, I don't have cable. I didn't go to a bar or a pub that actually had cable. To watch the ads at one, but there were some of the Super Bowl ads that did come across Paramount Plus streaming, and dear God, were they awful for the most part? There were a few that I did like. I did like the the Arnold one that was out uh, for State Farm. Uh, in essence, uh, it it's pretty much like uh him going it's supposed to be him going uh uh be a good neighbor and it's like no you're pronouncing it wrong so it, it was funny brought a smile uh the chris pratt ad was kind of 
most of them were okay. Chris uh, Pratt's mid. Yeah, yeah, mid, but um oh wow, I'm starting to sound like the Gen Zers. Shoot me, shoot me now, please. But the thing is, you're they're paying what three million each time an ad is played, and a lot of the shit was mid. Um the like why did I put I should put better notes like Kawasaki and apartment.com adverts on Paramount seemed like uh, just standard subpar adverts and it's like there was this big hype up over uh the apartments got because it was like oh this could be this new alien movie no it was apartments.com advert um Oh yeah, I did go in a little bit. I was like, "Why did I put down uh uh Kawasaki uh Kawasaki giving everybody uh including Stone Cold Steve Austin a mullet?" Did <laughs> um was kind of funny. I did enjoy it. And uh, side note, folks at home, I do recommend uh looking at uh Stone Cold's Instagram in regards to his Broken Skull uh ranch. Because it's all, pretty much it's him talking about his chickens and his uh, barn cats. <laughs> and him wanting to, no, no, it's more, it's, I know you're shaking your head, but it's, it's the aspect of, look at my cat. <laughs> he likes, he likes scratches and catching mites. <laughs> it's, it's humbling and it's like something that we need, it's, in a lot of the world that is, over politicalized, but you have this guy that's like, This is my cat, he likes to sit on my shoulder. <laughs> this is my chicken, he likes to cat, you know, go chase the cats. You know, <laughs> it's very him doing that. It's like this tip, probably this redneck type of personality, just showing being wanting to put out wholesome content, which is. It is fun. It is interesting. But in regards to the trailers that were released, the only full trailer was the Wicked trailer that came mm -hmm. out. And everything else was, oh, here's a 30-second spot. At, but if you want to see the full trailer, go online to watch it. Watch it on... Oh, yeah, uh, you got to figure that ad space... For... You're paying. You're paying three million dollars either way. No, I thought it was depending on the time. I think it was like if you're paying fifty, it might be. Either way, it's still you're paying at least eight million, like three million dollars. Jesus bed. can afford it. <laughs> yeah, apparently Jesus can afford it twice. <laughs> twice at least. Uh, the only thing outside of possibly the, the Twister, the Twister trailer, well, Jesus and his is uh foot fetish. Yeah, the the Twister, uh, the Twisters, uh, trailer looked interesting, but it seemed like a point for point remake of. Except there's two the of them. From, yeah, because there's two of them. Uh. Again, it's like somebody walked in the store, uh, the uh, studio, and pulled a. They James have none of the surviving cast members. Like they didn't even bother to get Sean Whalen, who was a background character. He, he would have done it 
for free. Um, and you couldn't get Helen, get Helen, Helen, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. She's still alive last I checked, right? Who? Helen Hunt. Yeah, she's still alive. And and the thing Other is... Other dude's it, not. Uh, what I'm saying is they... It, it looked like how Force Awakened was. It's pretty much mm-hmm. the same mo- same movie. Uh, and the thing is, like I was saying with regards to James Cameron, it's like we both said the story or you shared the story here on the show. It's like you walked in, it's like wrote aliens on a whiteboard, alien on a whiteboard, put an S on it and, and put the do- dollar sign. And it's like that's what they did with this. Hey, let's t- twist her. Put an S on it and dollar signs. You know, now that I think about it, like maybe that's what could have made Jaws too. Like not as, I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's better than all the other sequels. But like maybe if they had two sharks in that movie, that would have made it. (laughs) Now it's doubly unsafe to go back into the water. Uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes did seem interesting. Uh, um, I'll probably. Um, but all in all, the Super Bowl, the uh, halftime show was okay. Um, but other than it was just another thing. I watched a lot of times the Super Bowl for the commercials. I'll say this: the best Super Bowl memory I have had. I don't know if I shared it on the the uh, the show was two thousand. I'll say this. Uh, was it 2008? It might have been 2008, if not 2009. Uh, the Giants were in the Super Bowl. Uh, me, Big Candy, and his fiance, now wife, uh, were all at my place in Inwood watching the game. It was, I was off that weekend. I'm watching it because the Giants are playing. I'm having a good time. There's beer, there's chips, there's pizza, the whole nine yards. I get a call from my mom telling me, you watching the Super Bowl? Yes, of course I am. Giants. Got to watch it. Enjoying it. Oh. And it was just like, she's trying to give me a play-by-play of what's going on. Mom, I'm watching the game on TV. I have cable. I'm watching it. Fast forward about a month again my buddy's up my buddy his fiance now wife we're all hanging out together mail comes i come in with a small mailer like three you know those small that would hold like cds i come in he's like you got mail like yeah man it's like i got a package from my mom i open it up it is literally an inch, it is like this thick. It's like an inch worth of photos of the Giants at the Super Bowl. She pretty much took her digital camera and snapped photos of what was going on at the screen. I was like, and I'm showing him, I'm showing him to Big Candy, all this to Big Candy. He's like, dude. We were watching the game that weekend. Why she send you photos? I'm like, yeah, I got to call my mom in regards to this. I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I got your package today. And she's like, yeah, you did? I said, yeah, I have a question. 
What is it? Why'd you send me like 48 photos of the Super Bowl? Just in case you missed the game. Mom, you called me the day of the game while I was watching it. You even asked me who was in the room because you heard other people. And I was told you I was having like a mini Super Bowl party. Oh. Pivot. Oh, I, I was taking photos just in case the TV got stolen. Really? <laughs> Parents. Uh, uh, but either way. That's not the only thing that had controversy this weekend, uh, so to speak. And because this past few days, the infamous, and I've had at least one conversation with a buddy of mine in regards to this, not just you, the not just the 30-second spot dropped, the full two-minute and change trailer dropped for the new Portalands movie. Finally dropped. And, oh my god, I, my, my buddy asked me, are you hyped? I said, dude, my the bar I have for this movie is about the same level as Earth's core. Literally, yep. it's that deep. Uh, it's... I And I even told you, Jamie... At least they should have at least dyed her hair black. They couldn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, Claptrap, I told you on chat, Claptrap, this is, it might be Claptrap, but it's not our Claptrap. It is just Jack Black's voice, robot and eyes. That's it. Claptrap has a unique sound to it. Uh. The fact that Lilith, they're not showing her her tattoos, or it's like they couldn't bother, you know, it's like, oh, that's going to be too expensive to put some paint on her arm to mimic being a siren. And not to mention, one of the biggest complaints I've heard is like, everybody's too old. Everybody's too old for it. Um not just the matter of fact that uh, Tiny Tina is, I won't say too old, but they have her. My complaint with Tiny Tina in regards to this is that she's the actress playing Tiny Tina is 13 in this movie. And she's wearing the outfit from Borderlands 3 in what she's like in her 20s. Which makes things every every bit of awkward. And... Yeah, and then she gets the one gag in the trailer where mine's bigger. Yeah. And the not to mention, I, I didn't see the the nitpick af aspect over in regards to what Randy Pitchford said, who he himself has issues and because during the uh prior to the release of Borderlands 3, he misplaced uh for the folks who didn't know about this little bit of controversy he misplaced a thumb drive that not only had a pretty much a working copy of borderlands 3 on it it also had barely legal porn on it as well mm. so and not to mention from what one person was saying um 
in the Randy Pitchford, Pitchford's uh, breakdown of the trailer, he made a few comments about uh, Tiny Tina that can be seen as a little problematic. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, put it that way. Uh, let me put it like this. I'm going to give three letters, folks, and it's actually a computer term. Uh, PDF. PDF file. Yeah, PDF file. Uh, because she makes... Because <laughs> in the trailer, uh, they go through one section... PDF she, file. <laughs> um, because in the trailer, they go through one section, she makes a comment, uh, I have it in my mouth. And which comes off... Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a joke, and yes, if you go through some of the Borderlands 2... Um, Pishwash Yeah, it it one of the uh gauge makes that joke. So it uh it is in the it, Randy makes it sound like oh it was ad lib. No, it was in the um the argument was it was in the script because it was in Borderlands Two as one of the uh, lore drops that you could pick up like little uh recordings along the way. So, not to mention uh, the other elephant in the room, Kevin Hart, in essence, playing Kevin Hart. Yep. Period. Uh, I let me pull out this, folks. It sounds it. This is going to. My prediction is this movie is going to flop. They're going to um, legendary and Gearbox is going to blame the fans. Period. End of story. Um, because there is so much wrong with it. Um, uh, not just that the actors are in their fifties and sixties playing characters that are maybe in their twenties and thirties, twenties and thirties at most. Um, uh, I have no issues with any of the actors or actresses in this. Just that. Like with Kevin Hart, if you wanted to keep the age level, there were so many other actors that they could have chosen for that role that could have handled that role better. Uh, I think my pick when the rumors were still rolling around was Terry Crews for that role. Mm, he's up there too. Uh, yes, he's up there age-wise, but he has the height and build, and he could handle a military, meaning he's played military roles before, therefore he could probably be more of a, have that straightness to him, as well if he needed to drop a comedic line, he has that comedic timing to it, not to mention if I would you wanted more. more Epps, honestly. But, I could see it. Uh, one other person brought up uh, Idris Elba. Again, I another actor. A little old, but you could have given, you know, dyed, him, dyed the gray out, and he would have fit fine. I And I have still my that. Roland, but... But again, he has that military... He's played... Mil Idris has played military roles before, and... I just want him to be in a film where they let him be British. <laughs> but... Again, the, oh, it's just that. 
what about the kid from the Star Wars movies that was also on Attack the Block? Oh, uh, played uh, Finn. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah I, he would have been yeah. perfect for the ball. Yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, give him, uh, if anything, uh, let him do some uh, weight training, get him some muscle, maybe a little bit of muscle tone to him. Yeah, I, I could see mm -hmm. it, and he could have done that. Uh, still, I, I, I would have, I would agreed with that. Um, probably, probably would have been a little bit cheaper too. Uh, depending on what source you go by, uh, this film is between a hundred million and a hundred and fifty million. That is free promotion. And again, it, it, it's not going to hit. It's not going to hit. Uh, there's so much. The fans are already. They, yes, you see Moxie and Marcus in it. We don't know how much screen time that they're going to actually have. It just like with the trailer, you see Marcus in passing. Um, but beyond that, no. Uh, one person that I saw that. Yes, you see, yes, there has to be Easter eggs in it for the fans that go see it. And yes, there's an Infinity Pistol in the trailer. Uh, Lilith is the one that holds it. But what folks are saying is that the weapons are digistruct, meaning they, there's no holster. Mm -hmm. it's, it's similar to, folks, if you've seen it, I know it's not the best movies. Uh, it gets a lot of flack, but I enjoyed it. Um, Mila Jovovich. Uh, uh, she plays a vampire. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Ultraviolet. Uh, Ultraviolet. Uh, that is close to Digistruct. Because she, when she does that, extends her hands, the Uzis, in essence, appear in her hands, and they reload that way. And SMG. that is... The SMGs, yeah. Um, that's a great example of Digistruct right there, and it's like you have you have the technology. You you y'all used it before. Granted, it wasn't for the best movie vampire movie out there, but still, uh, you, you could have used it. But a lot of folks are making the comparison to. Uh, the Mario movie, granted, the Mario movie was a, um, P, like a PG, G, PG movie, and this, the Borderlands movie is going to be an R movie, uh, whereas the, the Mario movie was a, a widespread success and made over, I think it made over a billion dollars, billion and a half dollars, um, in its course, if not more. The, but, and that in return, it probably did sell more Mario games and Switch games. But I don't, I'm going to agree with a lot of folks that this is not going to sell any Borderlands games uh, because that, that's, we've been saying it on the show a couple of times over the past few, few original episodes that we have put out that they're thinking of dropping Borderlands 4 roughly the same time as the movie so they could capitalize as the movie is going to promote the game and the game is going to promote the movie. It's not going to happen. I don't see it happening. I'll be surprised if it does. And one of the other things that people have um, uh, 
Sasha, I know you played Borderlands 3, and now you've seen mm-hmm. the trailer. Did you see, I think the character's name was Mouthpiece in it, in the trailer? Yeah. That's not Mouthpiece. Mm. According to the folks, uh, Randy Pierce, even though the character is the epitome of Mouthpiece, pretty much the first boss you fight in Borderlands 3, it's a different character. Even though it's like really, and some of the f- folks that are um, pointing out the uh, psycho, everybody's uh, like the psychos. It looks like pretty much even Craig Krieg. Uh, all, it all looks like they got the costumes from Party City. Mm, yeah, I agree. And that's another a lot of folks that are coming out and saying like, "Listen, you when you have better, I think I told this when you have better cosplayers." doing a better job at making costumes than a production company, a multi-billion dollar production company says a lot. Says a lot. Well, here's something that I thought was very telling of this trailer and the teaser and everything else. How often did you see that Eli Roth was the director? I I didn't notice that. I didn't notice like... his name on it he is the director up to this point nothing's changed but keep in mind he's coming off the success of thanksgiving they're getting a thanksgiving too here soon you know for him this was basically a paycheck movie and i'm gonna be honest based on what you see in the trailer does it feel like an eli roth movie fuck no no you know and i almost guarantee and i wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't become an Alan Smithy film. The other thing that I want to point out is when does this game, when is this game supposed to take place? I mean, this movie supposed to take place. Is it canon with the games? If it's not canon, okay, cool. But if it is canon, clearly it has to take place sometime between the first game and the second game. So well, what it gets kind of sticky there because you have to do it in that time frame when you know Roland's still alive. Also, it, it, why do you still have the Atlas um Crimson guys still running around? The the I've been hearing uh, it's it's canon, but it's not canon. Um it, it's weird, and Randy has already come out and said, Oh, this is going to be the next multiverse, it's going to be this whole, uh, uh, like, franchise multiverse thing. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, here, here's the problem with that. Even the games pay, play flat, fast and loose with its canon. Like, you know, like, for example, all of the um, zombie, um, like, DLC that you can get. In some ways, it's canon. In other ways, it's not canon. Um, you know, even during the course of the game. So I can kind of get where they're coming from on that. But to me, it, it, it's just... I, had I, thought, th- I you think know. when it came with the uh, Zombie Island DLC, uh, back with the first one, I think they weren't really going to be... Uh, they weren't expecting Borderlands to be a 
the success that it was. Um, it wasn't until after it did become a success and the sequel was being laid out is when they started to actually lay down lore and have the DLC actually be canon. Uh, where uh, I think the only DLC that might be canon from the first game would be the General Knox DLC. Um, mm-hmm. And and the Moxies uh, uh, pretty much uh, fight thing. That's about it. But beyond that, not really. Uh, just, you have to figure this. Uh, somebody looked into it. Uh, Eli, not only did Eli Ross uh, direct this, he also wrote this. No, and he, wasn't, he wasn't the writer. He, um, somebody co somebody co wrote it with him. Yes, and he came up with he, the general story, but it was finished and ironed out by Joe Crombie. Take that as you will. I, Joe um, Crombie is not listed as it. it was some guy some guy named Chris. From what I saw, well, it's listed now. Joe Com- uh, Crombie, um, his writing credits right now on IMDb. Huh, interesting. Do you know how many writing credits he has? Uh, when I the person they brought up, what, yeah, one Borderlands, and that's Borderlands. it. That's just that's it. And this is a guy who he came in after Eli Roth developed the basic prop, uh, plot, and then he filled in the gaps. And it's like, uh, that doesn't sound good. You you need people who are connected with basically the games and everything else to make sure the story is ironed out properly. Uh, the other problem that I wanted to note, um, now granted, yes, Ari and Avi Arad have put out some interesting content. Um, like the original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, with the exception of Spider-Man 3, you know, they're pretty tight and solid movies, but they're producing, okay? Um, And to me, that can be problematic because these guys work really closely, like have in the past, at least with like Sony and other studios. And look how screwed the spider, their Spider-Verse at Sony is right now after Madam Web, you know, and look at how they've been trying to build a universe separate from Marvel for how long now? And at every attempt, it's failed. Granted, Venom turned out okay, but for every Venom, we have another Morbius, you know? Um, so I really don't have any votes of confidence with those two producers on it. But the thing is, in regards to that, uh, take it what you will, is that with it has come out, um, at least from what I've been hearing, with uh, shows like I'm putting the the conservative and the liberal spins side to the arguments to the side. Uh, but yeah. what has been coming out in regards to uh, programs like Witcher, um, the Disney stuff, I mean, Star Wars stuff, the, the Marvel TV stuff, and some of the Marvel mo- MCU movies, they're t- literally telling the what's coming out is that they're literally telling the writers, don't read the books. Don't read the books. Don't look at what's canon. Don't do that. Don't touch it. Don't. They're pretty much saying, don't look at it. Don't do it. And that's where 
a lot of folks are pointing, that's where they're going wrong because the source material is there. You take that as an inspiration. That way you know what you're talking about. And that's how you get more fan. You get the fans come in and you have a great way to introduce that genre to new people. Uh, I guess you there could probably might be another reason that Roth isn't listed. Cause I just pulled up an article on deadline that says literally that Tim Miller steps in for Eli Roth to handle Borderlands reshoot because Roth was busy doing Thanksgiving at the time. Uh, that's... And with reshoots, that's going to make the movie even worse when you don't have the same vision the whole way through. So this, you had one person come up with the story and the concept, then another person to fill in the blanks. You start with one director, and then you get a second director for reshoots. There's going to be a uh, lot of problems with that. Yeah, I've heard reshoots, rewrites, uh, and everything else in regards to this. That seriously hurts a movie. Seriously. And it's and not with the, Avi not and Ari Arad, they're notorious for that. Because the, the original Spider-Man 3 we were going to get is a whole different beast than the one that we got. Because even Sam Raimi is like, look, I only want to focus on one villain at a time, not try to have a sinister sticks until one down the line. And the thing of it was, is they're like, no, you got to have some Green Goblin in there. You've got to have some Sandman. You know, and then Sam was just sick of it. He's like, you know what? I'm not getting screwed over on Venom. I'm putting him in here too. And that's why it was such a narrative clusterfuck because Sam knew he was getting screwed. You know, and Avi and, you know, Ari are 100% to blame. Same way with Madam Web. I almost guarantee because they're producers on that that the problems with Madam Web were because, well, we need a younger and hip, hipper Madam Web. And it's like, oh, Last time I checked, she's an old lady kind of in the center of the multiverse or the web of the multiverse. I don't know why we've got these young things running around in spandex. Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and the fact you that some, it's like uh, some people in regards to that were talking about that. It's like, yeah, they didn't that watch. It's like they didn't put anybody in their costume until like the very last 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And, and that and was part like, of reshoots. That's what's hurt it because you need point A, point B, and point C. And what happens, the, the outfit has to be within part B, not the tail end part C, or like a little after thing. It, no. It, and that's why, you know. You remember the Spider Man cartoon that we had in the 90s? I don't know if you were young enough to have watched that or. I would have watched it, but I don't think I at during the um early to mid nineties I didn't have cable, and mm. if it aired um and I was in Florida at the time, so good chance I did not see it. It was so. on regular Fox networks for Saturday morning cartoons. Um, also like the late afternoon Fox stuff for like the kids after they get out of school. Um, and they downgraded vampires to not feeding off people's blood, but they had these weird suckers on their hands. So Morbius had like these weird, like, look like genital warts on his hands to feed on mm. people. 
And the violence was toned way down because they wanted to do something more violent. In fact, they didn't even touch Green Goblin. They went with Hobgoblin in the show and just like, and you could tell they tried to get away with things and it just didn't work because Avi and Ari's like, no, we need this to be toy centric, but we also need to appeal to standards and practices of TV. And you can't win both ways with that when you got writers who want to tell a good narrative. And then they're just like, we want to make money. Uh, I've been hearing, uh, I saw a couple of videos on YouTube that similar was happening with Batman, the animated series. They wanted to yes. do some stronger, darker stories that would have been awesome and great and still appealed to kids. But the higher ups were like, no, no, you, you ain't doing that. Or they'd, be like, okay, you can do that in the last 11th hour and not just the 11th hour, but the 11th and a half hour. Oh, you have to change that. So it this is not going to be, as stated, the... Uh, am I going to watch it? Yes. Uh, it, if, it, if it drops on a streaming service like Paramount or... Uh, Peacock or something like that. While it's probably going to be HBO Max with Legendary involved, because isn't it Legendary and Warner's? Yeah, then I'll drop the ten bucks and have uh, Max for the month, or just borrow my password, or borrow your password, um, and do it that way. Because, uh, like, even some are saying. Give the money to somebody else. Give it. Give the money to you know. If you're going to walk, uh, go see it. Uh, whatever's playing at the time, uh, pay for that movie and walk into Borderlands. Don't give them the money. Uh, yeah. And and to me, like at the end of the day, like don't get me wrong. Like video game movies have been doing pretty well. Um, granted, yes, Five Nights at Freddy's was critically panned, but they catered to the fans. This was never, like, Five Nights at Freddy's was never going to be a movie that the critics were going to go, well, high art. No, it was catered to the fans from the beginning, like, people who played the games, who knew what was up. And it was a great movie if you were somebody who enjoyed the fandom. It was a movie for the fans, made by fans. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, then you had Warner Brothers' attempt at Mortal Kombat, which was great. The most recent Mortal Kombat. It was definitely a breath of fresh air after the 93 classic one. And then, of course, the sequels that followed that just got progressively worse. Um, you know, I think people forget that, you know, before we got the first, uh, the second Mario Brothers movie, the computer animated job, which was pretty spot on. Um, we had one that had John Leguizamo and what's his name in it as Mario right. and Luigi. And people have suddenly forgot about Uwe Boll because people are going to go see this movie for the name and the title alone. And they're going to be disappointed. And Honestly, I'm going to see it because both me and Willow have enjoyed the games. At least I've enjoyed the earlier ones, like some of the DLCs and everything else have kind of gone off the rails for me. It's, it's like it's not as good as it used to be, as strange as that sounds. Um, 
and we're going to go see it. But the thing of it is, is, is that we're not going to bust our hump and go to the high end movie theater and go get the cheap seats, you right. know, wait for cable or streaming. So it, yeah. it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. And it's like, Oh, you have, do you have to cater to the fans? Yes. A little bit. You also have to acknowledge the the lore what made things appear appealing to it and it brought people in that's why the first season of witcher was a success um and you kind of hear it's like well we gotta do our own thing and they did they, they went off the track and henry cattle went hey i the only reason why i was part of this i was because you guys said you're going to be uh loyal to to the books and the game now since you guys said no I'm out. And, and that's the thing. Movie producers but, get greedy because they see the fact that a gaming property already has a built-in fan base. What they want is the built-in fan base and action movie aficionados to see this movie. But what they've done with this movie based on the trailer alone is alienate fans. And yeah, you might get a few who like you know, action adventure comedies to go check right. it out. Even they're going to be disappointed because they're going to have a confusing narrative. And, and the thing um, is, you have it's. I think a lot of folks that are in the studio, that the higher ups, even though they might be Gen X or Millennial, they don't have that attitude. They still have. I think the they're Gen Z or Gen Z. Uh, what I'm saying is, they have still have the boomer mentality. That the internet does not exist, um, and word doesn't go out instantly uh, in regards to stuff. That's one of the things I was trying to tell a buddy of mine. It's like, granted, for six months last year, we had a not just a writer strike, we had a SAG strike. But this time last year, where were the leaks for Borderlands? Where were the promotion images for Borderlands? We didn't get that. It we're we're getting them now for something that's coming out in less than six months. This movie has been talked about for the last ten years. That is how long it has been in active and, development. And the thing is, there's been no we have we already have Deadpool three leaks. You you have mo movie leaks happening on a daily basis when it comes to films. But Borderlands, it was like, nah, nah. Nobody's interested. No, nobody's interested. Nobody wants to leak it, uh, say anything about it. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah, the, everything leading up to it, but when production started, what's happening? What's news? Uh, any, you know, this, that, and other thing. Uh, any set photo? Like, Randy, show some set fo photos. Ah, uh, no. Uh, but... Also, in regards to the other thing I wanted to bring up was, like, with the aspect of the Halo uh, series, uh, people were like, you've got, you're just, the, it's the equivalent, like, with the, some people, to, my comparison is with the Halo series is the equivalent of, like, watching the Battlefield Earth. Yes. Movie. It's like, you, those of you who, it's like, all you did was you took the clip notes of the clip note. You got clip notes of the clip notes of the clip notes of the book and did a movie like that. And with Halo, it's like something similar. 
and everybody's yes, like, but well, Battlefield we... Earth also has all that Scientology in it too. Right, so. right. Um, that's beside the point. And but with this, it's like even with season two coming out, you have the the lead, the person that plays Master Chief, is like, oh, I want to, you know, have my, uh, pretty much the same thing that ha happened with Pedro Pascal. I want to have my helmet off. Uh. That's not the. It's not that. It's not the character. You're behaving like every other. You know, up and coming. I need to show my face. I need to show my face. Case in point. What's the best example that is out there in regards to this? Oh golly gee, Judge Dredd. Mm -hmm. When. Sylvester Stallone had to keep his face out there because he wanted nothing against Sylvester Stallone, but we got him to keep his face out there so everybody knows it's Sylvester Stallone. And then the point the of, of the Dread comics is, is that Justice is supposed to be blind and you're not supposed to recognize the face of Justice, hence why you can't see it. And But that's the thing is that when, uh, what's his name, during the reboot, it's like, hey, you can take your helmet. No, that's not the character. Not the character. That's not I, I love Red. the whole scene. Um, I can't. I always forget her name. Hershey. It was Hershey, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But Hershey basics like, oh well, you know, I I I can't, you know, read, you know, like I can't do my psychic and my psyop work with my helmet on and he's like yeah well catching a bullet's gonna make your psyop work a little bit harder too you know? <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean it's like when you have um i forgot his name uh, that played judge dread in the reboot he uh, uh, he was the guy who played bones and the, the star right, trek reboot. right but i respect i respected him for that it's like listen yeah yeah, that's great. That's awesome. That you're respecting He's going to be the in the Mega City One TV show too. It's already been worked on, so I'm kind of excited but for that. That's the thing. It's like do something that do other projects that yeah show your face that let the people know who you are. If you're that up and coming actor, you know you shouldn't be worried about showing your goddamn face right away. No. Show your face. Show your face at the premiere. Show your face in other things, and people's like Carl Urban. that. Carl Urban. Um, overall, his body of work is for me hit and miss. But a lot of the stuff I like, a lot of the stuff I don't like. But uh, with again, Judge Red, I respect that. But it's just some of the people and how things they want things, and it's just weird. I just Weird. I just think that we've we've been spoiled with a couple really good video game adaptations recently. You had Mortal Kombat, you had Five Nights at Freddy's, you had Ma Super Mario Brothers, the most recent one, and people automatically forget about Uwe Bowl. As terrible as it sounds when the trailer dropped and Eli Roth's name wasn't on it, I'm like, oh my god, is is this something that was secretly directed by Uwe Bowl? Is this here to troll us? Because if so. <laughs> Bonus points. <laughs> I, if someone doesn't bring that up when they review it, it's like, is this a new a bowl movie? Uh, I'll be severely disappointed uh, in regards to that. And don't get me wrong, like, Uwe Boll, when you look at why he did what he did, he knew he was taking advantage of German tax code to make movies because he would go to a studio and go, 
hey, I can film this overseas and make this movie for a fraction of a fraction and we can just license the name and we'll still make money and we'll draw people in from that. And his movies were considered successful because of the tax write-offs. Like even though they were box office failures, the money they garnered from employing everybody from a foreign country, aside from cast, made their money back. Yeah. Let me let and me see it's this. It's funny because he's totally capable of making good movies like Seed. Um some of the I, I want to say it's called Postal. Maybe it's not Postal, it's something oh, else. Oh rate uh Rampage. I think it was Rate Rampage was really good. The sequels were really good. And he made a documentary, a German director made a documentary about one of the uh, concentration camps. Right. And he got into uh, so much trouble in Germany for doing that, but it's a good film. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stress this. Uh, one last thing before Borderlands, and I don't know about Sasha, but uh, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to have to switch gears for something roll. else. But um, yep. as stated Borderlands, depending on which source you look at, is going to be either a hundred million to a hundred and fifty million. Most of that is went to the actors involved. Again, folks, when the numbers roll in, half that number, half that number, because you, if it makes two hundred million dollars, does not mean that movie make Borderlands makes a profit. Nope. I mean, if it said, oh, it made $200 million worldwide and it was only took $150 million to make, so it made a... No, it did not. No, it did not. It made it brought in $100 million. Well, what do you mean by that? Half that number goes to the theater, whether it be a mom-and-pop theater or AMC. The Granted, it depends on the level meaning if it's like a mom and pop theater like what we have here at the berkeley plaza uh because numbers came out for what disney was doing during some of the marvel movies that per dollar uh a theater like the berkeley theater here in martinsburg they had to give disney 75 cents on the dollar i think that was the number that was brought up whereas a theater like amc had to give Disney 50 cents on the dollar. How a, a distributor like Legendary deals things might be a little bit different. So the good um, baseline is that 50%. So a movie like, and not to mention, everybody looks at, like, again, Borderlands, let's go on the high number, $150 million to to make. Yeah, that's to make it. You have to tack in depending on how much advertising they do, mm -hmm. and the sh that's including whatever shills that they out. Meaning, uh, if uh, they have a uh, streamers on YouTube and, or on Twitch, Simply talk about, put, ladies and gentlemen, if if they're it not could be making up to three times the budget. Yeah, it's uh sometimes they have to make it like, at least three times to be profitable. Uh it they could be up to like two hundred million dollars on top of that production sometimes yep. in regards to making it profitable. That's why a lot of times when you hear about a Marvel movie, the a Disney Marvel movie come out, they're talking that it has to make eight hundred million dollars to break even on a four hundred million dollar 
uh, budget because, or a $200 million budget because the other $200 million is advertising and it has to make $800 million to break even. And that's not also including the studio math in regards to it, because there's been many reports. Go ahead. Keep in mind too, that another thing that's not calculated into this, and I don't think it's going to help with this movies, but it's helped with others. Like, for example, when Ghostbusters 2016 came out, it was technically a flop. But when you look at the merchandising dollars that they had, not for the toy line for the 2016 Ghostbusters, but since they reissued like new Ghostbusters figures from the original movies, they reprinted the original movies, they were making a profit on that based on the name alone because it kind of gave renewed interest in the original before people went to go see the remake. So in a way, it kind of offset some of the damages that Ghostbusters 2016 did. But here's where the butt comes in. We're dealing with a original IP that's being translated from a video game to a new medium. I doubt more people are going to go out and buy the original game that aren't already gamers that don't already have it or have played it. Right. I don't see the Pandora's box being, which is constantly on sale uh, through consoles and Steam as it is, getting more purchases. But something would tell me that there will be some sort of propaganda. Uh, that might be a little bit strong of a word, but there'll be something like if they do release Borderlands 4 within this rate, that time frame, uh, whatever, let's say it hits, uh, makes roughly what they estimate that first week and Borderlands 4 does drop. Oh, uh, the good success of the game being bought right now is the due to the fact that the movie was very successful for the first week or vice versa. They're going to somehow twist that, twist that. Yep. But it it's going to be, will we be covering it? Probably, it might take us a week or two here at the show before everything settles down. I know that's not a proper way to do things, but it is the most responsible way to look at it because even I will tell folks you have to wait at least three days to a week before a lot of information does drop because sometimes even with the more popular uh, splitting stories uh, that we like me and Sasha could have covered today, you have to wait a couple of days before everything comes out. Yep. And that way you could, you have more uh, of a filter and more uh, sometimes you get better explanations, you get better thing than just that knee jerk. So we'll have to see how things drop. And not to mention it movies, uh, let's take what's coming up uh, because depending on when you all hear this, uh, in March, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife 2 drops or how you want to however they're wording it um that good chance that movie is going to be out in theaters for at least two months depending Mm -hmm. on how success it is and so therefore it's going to be making money all those weeks and it's going to what happens after that first yeah are we going to talk about borderlands that first week after we see it yes and will we be talking it 
about it within another week or two after that. Yeah, I, I'm going to probably get, give an update in regards to uh, how many, what the difference between week one and week two. That's where if you see a, de a decent or say a very sharp drop between week one and week two, the movie's not going to do well past a month and it's just going to be a probably a technical flop so yeah and i agree 100 percent. it's this is not going to end well it doesn't look like it's going to and that's my final word on it yeah same here so uh anything else before we check on out of here just our usual yeah. shtick you know creep it real and take care and of course i'm a gamer I'm wearing a bikini. Stay All tuned right. for the links where to find everything after the word. So take care, everybody. And now, the Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It's a Long Coat Mafia Podcast! You screaming up! Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the main episode with myself and Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. Now, uh, this is the point where I usually give updates, uh, additions, comments, or what have you. There is one particular update that, uh, or say correction 
or theory that I would like to put out there because it's one of the things that the rumor mill has been talking about about the Borderlands movie. You might have heard me and Sasha uh, talk about one section of the Borderlands trailer where um, a lot of folks, uh, I said, and a lot of folks were talking about that the the character or main bad is going to be this character named Krom, yet he's wearing uh, the character, the helmet of Mouthpiece from Borderlands 3. Uh, main reason, again, uh, if I remember the episode correctly, I might have mentioned that, uh, well, I might not have mentioned the episode uh, in regards to in the main episode. The reason is, or at least the theory that the reason why they're putting that in there and making it wrecked. Uh, recognizable as an Easter egg is because the folks at Gearbox realize realized that a lot of the f- lot of new people played up until that part in Borderlands Three, or the bulk of the people that played Borderlands Three played up to that point and bailed. Uh, at least that was on a phone call, uh, which I had access to. Uh, that video and the timestamps for that uh, in regards to that phone call because uh, it is out there. I think Morning After Kill has uh, released that phone call where the the promotion person from Gearbox said they only go up to about level 5 to level 10 and that's roughly where Mouthpiece is, is that section. And, well... It, yeah, uh, so that's why that helmet might be there, and a lot of folks are now speculating that it might not be Chrome or Crom in the trailer. It might actually be the character known as Brick, and yet we won't not know a lot about the uh, the movie or more about the movie because right now it's still as of this recording, February and. Borderlands, the movie does not come out until August, or say August 9th. So if you want to go from March 9th to August 9th, that's uh, April, May, June, July. Five more months, at least five to six months out. I'll say at least five and a half months uh, before this movie drops in between the movie dropping and me and Sasha actually talking about this film. Hopefully we'll know more over the time and we'll probably, I'll put something at the end so that way Sasha doesn't have to hear me talking about Borderlands on a daily basis or a weekly basis in the main episode. But uh, hopefully we'll be talking more about other movies that ha- that come out over the next couple of months and another uh, bunch of deep dives and discussions that we have. We'll try to keep things geek related I'll put down notes as to what we should be talking about and keep everything geek-related that we don't go on to too much of a tangent. But for now, if you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks in regards to this episode, or like if you want me to go deeper and try to find uh, what episode or what video that uh, uh, Morning After Kill had that clip in it so I could snip it and put it into an episode, please uh, leave a comment on 
any of the outlets, uh, or say email us at longcoatmafia at gmail.com and talk about, send that message our way or uh, visit our social media and send us a message or comment. All the links are in the description down below. Uh, best way, well, either way, Twitter, or I was about to say Twitter, uh, X, uh, we do respond. We'll get messages there. Same thing with Facebook. Um, I hope you tend to visit us on your platform of choice. If you leave comments or anything like that or reviews, we see them more so on Podbean and Good Pods. And keep, please keep in mind that this upcoming April 2nd, Google Podcasts will no longer be a thing. So we're pushing everybody uh, that have been listening to us on Google Podcasts to listen to us on Good Pods. Plus, uh, when you start listening to us on Good Pods, please leave us a rating. The more people that leave us a rating on places like uh, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, uh, the better off we are seen in the algorithms. Uh, also, hit that like button on Podbean if you listen to us on Podbean. Uh that way, again, we show up a little bit more on the algorithm. I know you guys have been listening to us on Podbean. Uh, it is the number one platform all of you have been listening to us on. So uh, leave us a comment there after you hit that like button and we'll read it. And if we have enough people leaving comments and sending us email, we will add that segment to our shows. I say it every single time. So... Please do so. See you guys either on Friday or next month, this upcoming Monday. So take care, one and all. I'm the Reverend, Reverend Godfather, and I'm a gamer, and I'm wearing a bikini. See you next time on the Long Coat Mafia. <laughs>